the name of our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen what did we just do there? Well, what we did was exchange the traditional Easter greeting that has been used across the globe for centuries. However, to us, it's a rather unusual way to greet another person. We normally say such a, something like, hello, or good day. Well, the Easter greeting is used because it's a confession of faith, a confession built on the true hope, the truth of Christ's resurrection. We are not used to giving a confession of our faith in a greeting. However, the resurrection gives us such a certain hope that we cannot help but to express the reason for the hope that is in us. Now, other greetings, so if you look at them, do express hope. For example, we say good day, and this is especially common in other languages, such as German, French, Spanish, and Italian, where the basic greeting is a form of our English good day. In saying good day, you're saying you hope that there's going to be a good day for that person that you're greeting. However, it's an earthly hope. There's no sure basis for that hope. In the Easter greeting, the basis of hope is sure. Christ is indeed risen, and you can boldly express your Christian hope as a sure hope. The reason we gather every Sunday, the reason for our joy, there, the reason is our hope is sure, is that it is grounded upon the truth. It's not like an earthly hope for good weather or sports win. There is a reason for the hope that is in us, and that is that Christ, crucified, is risen. Now this Easter greeting has been along for a long time, and there's a story involving the Easter greeting. It goes back to 1930 when the Soviet communist leader Nikolai Bukharin spoke to a crowd in Kiev. He spoke for an hour about how Christianity was a myth. Communism was the true way to view all of life. He urged the crowd to reject the Christian faith and to embrace communism. However, at the, end of his brief, at the end of his speech, an Orthodox priest just stood up, said, Christ is risen, and the crowd roared back, he is risen indeed. Now, that story might be urban legend. However, the truth of the matter is, is that against atheistic communism, the Christian church survived in the former Soviet Union. Those who faced persecution, they knew Christ crucified and risen and they knew the basis of their hope that was in them. Peter tells us in today's epistle, but in your hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yours is a faith based on the reality of the incarnate Son of God, making the once and for all sacrifice for your sins on the cross, and then rising triumphant from the dead, as a sure guarantee of your own resurrection from the dead. Peter tells his audience to be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in this, that is in them. Peter is telling this to Christians who are facing persecution and suffering for Christ. Peter himself would die for the faith. Indeed, all the apostles except John were martyred for Christ. The Christians receiving this epistle were suffering for Christ, yet faithful to Christ because they had reason to be faithful. They had salvation promised in the prophets in which the prophets had longed to see and they knew it had come to pass in Jesus Christ. 
They had the true cornerstone. They were the people of God, a people who now had received mercy. In earthly things, you can be hopeful, and sometimes your hope is relatively sure. For example, you could live in a place like San Diego, and the forecast says no rain, and you have a reasonable chance of there being no rain that day. However, unusual things happen. And even the most certain of earthly hopes can be dashed. There might be an emergency that you have to take care of, or one of your relatives has an emergency. Earthly hopes, earthly plans can always be dashed. Not so the hope that is in you. Your hope in Christ is the great hope and is the, the sure hope. Because baptism has saved you, delivering to you the forgiveness of sins, life and salvation won on that cross, and you know him who died and rose again for you and your salvation, you are now reconciled to God through Christ Jesus, and you have the promise of eternal life in the new Jerusalem. You have reason for hope. And not even death can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. You have a sure hope. It is guaranteed by the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. The same Lord that parted the Red Sea, the same Lord that healed the sick, raised the dead, and cast demons out of the possessed. It is the sure hope testified in Holy Scriptures, which are inspired by the Spirit. And so you have every reason to be confident in the hope and have hope, the hope that you were baptized into. Now, if you look at the epistle of 1 Peter, Peter does not just merely say, Jesus died for you, and leave it at that. No, it's a carefully argued book giving hope to Christians facing persecution and who would suffer for the sake of Christ. He gives them this word so that they would be built up in their baptismal faith. You live in a world that is attacking you and the Christian faith constantly. It is a world that is especially dangerous for children and young adults. This Christian faith is ridiculed, mocked, ignored, shunned, despised. On this Mother's Day, there are many who attack the word mother. Like I said, the word father, man, woman, boy, girl. In other words, words that are understood universally throughout all of history and across almost every culture. In fact, every culture until the modern time. Now these words are under attack. The very basis of the faith is under attack. And yet, in the church, many Christians do not take as seriously the assaults of the evil one. They do not know the word of God. They do not know to, how to defend the hope that is in them. They do not know how to hear Moses, David, Peter, Paul, and the other inspired authors of scriptures because they think that's just the Bible and they, and it's relatively meaningless in their life, even though they want to be in the church. To you, my brothers and sisters, I tell you, there is hope, and because the hope is grounded in Holy Scriptures, I tell you to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest God's Word. God's Holy Word will strengthen you, and you will be able to give a defense against those who would accuse you of following myths and fairy tales. Do this for your own sake, 
and for the sake of children, your children and all the children of the congregation, all the children you know, learn God's word inside and out. You'll see the inner coherence of the Christian faith. You will see that Moses, David, Isaiah are talking about the same Lord as Matthew, John, and Peter. You will see and note that the Bible takes place in real place, in real time, as opposed to other religions. God's saving act occurred in real geographical locations in real time. Jesus was born during the reign of Caesar Augustus. Now, there have been constant times when skeptics have said, oh, the Bible is just myth, and yet over and over and over again, they've been proven wrong. Archaeology has dug up testimony to the truth of Scripture. Outside literature attests that these events recorded in Scripture also are corroborated. Scriptures testify truthfully, and they are trustworthy for you. When you are grounded in God's Word, you will know that you are with the company of the saints of the Old and New Testaments, and you will understand that you are with the saints throughout the centuries who clung to the promise of God in Christ Jesus. Our modern world has shunned all the past and is presenting nothing but a bleak present. What a joy it is to know that you stand with Abraham, David, and Elisha, along with John, Mark, and Stephen, as well as Augustine, Anselm, and Luther. The reason you have hope is because of Jesus Christ and salvation that is brought to you in Christ's holy word. Your prime defense is the word of God. However, Christians have also used outside resources of defending faith. Christian apologetics is alive and well, and I would commend to you to read books on Christian apologetics to answer the world's attacks. You can make a reasoned defense when somebody wants to attack the faith or bring up something that just doesn't sound right. There are excellent Christian speakers who've done research on these attacks, and they know what the world says, they know what God's Word says. In fact, we have in our congregation somebody who's widely read on apologetics who is able to give resources to us pastors and also to fellow members. You do have a reason for the hope that is in you. In a real place, during the reign of the real Emperor Caesar Augustus, Jesus Christ was born as prophesied hundreds of years before. During the reign of Caesar Tiberius, he was crucified for all sinners. He was raised from the dead and has appeared and he appeared resurrected to more than 500 people after his resurrection. And Paul can point this out in defending the faith in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Jesus ascended into heaven and his apostles spread the gospel that was given by Christ himself. Furthermore, you have reason for the hope that is in you because you can always point not to your feelings, but to your baptism as the reason for the hope that is in you. In our epistle lesson today, you heard baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God put his name upon you in the waters of your, of your baptism. Your identity is as God's baptized child. You have every reason for hope because Jesus is with you. God has made you his own in baptism, and now in the wilderness of this world, he feeds you with his own heavenly food, Christ's body and blood. Jesus Christ is indeed Lord. You have forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation in his name. In him, you have sure and certain hope. You have reason for the hope that is in you. 
You have Jesus. Amen. Christ is risen.